we're going to talk about community, and uh, I'm leading off for you this week. So I played a lot of baseball in my life. I was a leadoff hitter quite a bit. Um, this is a different leadoff hitter role than I'm used to, but it's exciting. Uh, we're going to baptize one today at least, uh, which is exciting. And I believe he's eight. Corey, am I right? Is he eight? He's eight years old. What a, what a blessing to follow the Lord in baptism at age eight. Uh, a bright future ahead. And, and there's, there's room for more. Not at the same time, obviously. Uh, for two reasons. One, the baptistry's not big enough, and it's COVID kind of still. So, you know, we, but if, you're, if you feel it today, there's no better day to jump in. We're going to talk about community today. Um, that song list was, was good. We could have preached on that, and we could have just stopped. And I, I hope I don't ruin it. My baseball coach in high school used to say, well, he used to say, he said it once. We were playing the region championship game. And there was a little nerves on the bus, and so he just, we started to go, and he said, stop the bus, and we were like, uh-oh, we didn't know what we'd forgotten, we didn't know what had gone wrong, and I mean, we were going to the championship game of the region, and we didn't want to, like, have any problems, and he turned around, and he said, boys, let me tell you something, we're like, uh-oh, he said, today, you don't have to be the hero, but you don't want to be the goat, and we were all like, what is he talking about, like, when nobody understood what he meant. It was years before I figured it out. Don't mess it up, is what he was saying. <laughs> Thanks for the great advice. Um, I loved him to death, but still. That's what I, I don't want to mess it up. That was great. That worship was great. I, I have started to enjoy worship more um, than I ever had in my entire life, probably the last, I don't know, year or so. And it, it just does something. And music, I love music. I can't do music. I can't sing. I can't play. I mean, sometimes I can't even get the music work in the car, okay? You can tell, Amber can tell you that. But I love it. It just blesses me. It, it lifts me up, and I need it. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our worship team. Um, so right now, I want to I put you all on the spot for just a second. I like to do icebreakers. I think they're fun, and they make people feel incredibly awkward. And so that's really what I want to do, is make you feel as uncomfortable as possible, because I'm not extremely comfortable right now, so I don't want you to be either. So if you're sitting there enjoying yourself... Uh, your time is up. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I need everybody to participate. As bad, as weird, as awkward as it makes you feel, I want you to participate. Because if everybody participates, nobody feels uncomfortable. But if one person participates, everybody's going to be staring at you like, what? Okay. What sound does an elephant make? Now think about it for a second. In your head, what sound does an elephant make? If you've ever been to the circus, you've heard the elephants. Okay, and I'm going to count down from three. And when I get to one, I want everybody in the building to make the sound that an elephant makes. And if it doesn't sound the same, that's okay, because you may hear it different than the person beside you. And I promise you, if you'll participate, you'll laugh just a little, okay? And laugh at yourself if you have to. I'm not going to do it because I have the microphone on. I know, right? <laughs> Some of you all aren't happy already. <laughs> you had the chance to leave when the kids went out. What sound does an elephant make? Here we go. Three, two, one. Wow. That was good. I really didn't think anybody would do anything. That was great. I'm, I'm impressed. That was great. I want to share. Look at this. Anybody remember this show? Gilligan's Island. We're talking about community. They had some community, right? Sometimes you're thrown into community. They didn't want to be 
probably where they were, shipwrecked after a three-hour tour. I used to love watching that. What about this one? Anybody? Anybody? Any Cars fans in here? If you're a parent and your kid likes Cars, you probably still like it, and it may break your heart a little bit when they don't want to watch it anymore, but we won't go there. But, like, there's a good community, and it was, they were thrust into the community. Lightning McQueen wasn't supposed to be there, but he showed up, and they built huge community. What about this one? Anybody remember this episode? Amber and I were talking about it last night. Yeah. The Andy Griffith. How many, would, how many of y'all would love to sit on the porch in Mayberry and drink a cherry Coke right now? That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay. That's community. How many people have seen this show? The Good Witch. Okay. It's not witchcraft. It's not anything crazy like, like you, like, I mean, like, it's not going to, like, you know, get you in big trouble, I guess is the best way to say it. But it's a great community. The, the Good Witch. Uh, what about this one? Anybody watch this one? I thought about you when I put this one on there, The Office. Some of you may like it. Some of you may not. It's a collection of a group of people who are so different from each other that work in harmony together to make an office go. Now, we're going to watch this in just a second. But before we do, I want to share some things with you. In the last year, we've seen the significance of community. And we've seen the absence of community. Now, some of us were extremely blessed. We stayed home as a family, and we grew closer together. We spent more time together. We got rid of things in our life that were too busy doing, that we didn't need to do. And we just focused on our family, and we spent some time together laughing, fighting, crying, I mean, smiling, you know, we got up, we had our breakfast. I'm a teacher, and I had to have my grades posted by 9, I mean, my assignments posted by 9 a.m., and they were posted by 9 a.m., and then we just went to, we went to breakfast together, we spent time together, and it was good for our close-knit family. It was hard for us in other areas where we needed people outside the walls of our home. Some people didn't have the luxury that we did. Some people were isolated. I saw yesterday, a friend of mine on Facebook saw his mom, who's in the nursing home. He hugged her for the first time in 14 months. I mean, that's just awful. 14 months. We need each other. We need the touch. We need, we need camaraderie. We need to be able to discuss things with each other. So we look at this. Between April and September of last year, 70% of people reported that loneliness or isolation was the top contributing factor to mental health issues. 70% of those was because of loneliness. Anxiety screens. Okay, so anxiety screens in September from January. So they started in January. They went to September and they compared those numbers. Screens for anxiety went up 634% from January to September. Screens of depression. Screening for depression went up 873%. 873%. Before the pandemic, 8.5% of United States adults were depressed. That number has gone to 27.8%. Some of you know because you're dealing with it or you've dealt with it or somebody that you love has dealt with it. The anxiety, the depression has gone along with just being alone. When Jared and I talked on Friday and he said, we're going to start a sermon series about community, I was like, man, that's good. We need that. Because it's right, we need it. It's, it's right here in our face. This happened after about two months. Was it two months? 
three of isolation between two cousins. Um, I found this video on the New Year's Eve NBC, like New Year's Eve special. I found, we saw it one night. We were watching it. And this popped up. These two kids from Kentucky. One of them is mine, <laughs> if you don't know. The other one is Hucky's cousin, Roz. They're like brother and sister. But for three months, they didn't touch. They met from door to road and waved and FaceTimed. And we thought we were doing them a favor by letting them see each other. And maybe we were. We went for a walk one day in town. We drove our car. They drove theirs. And we were walking, and they were like anxiously getting closer together and closer together and closer together. And then this happened. They wanted to hug, and we were like, sure, go ahead. We laughed. We were all laughing, standing there watching them. We laughed, we laughed, and then next thing you know, all of us are, like, ugly crying. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's ugly. Yeah, it really is. We, we, we didn't know the impact that isolation has on people, and I don't know that we still do. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to isolate and to protect people and to quarantine, I'm not, we're not getting into that discussion. That's not where I'm going. I'm just saying loneliness, for whatever reason, is not good for us as humans. We need each other. We need to be together. There's a Greek word, koinonia, is the way you say it. The definition in the Webster Dictionary is the Christian fellowship or body of believers. It's an intimate spiritual communion and, and participative sharing in a common religious commitment and spiritual community. The lack of community during our pandemic has hurt a lot of people, not just mentally, but also in their faith. Why is there a need for community? A study recently studied 10,000 teenagers who were at a Christian camp. 38% of those people thought that you could get to heaven by being a good person. They're at a Christian camp. You do good things. You open doors. You take groceries to people. You fill the blessing boxes. You buy people's dinner in the line behind you. Whatever it is. Is going to get you to heaven. 38% of our people thought that. 10,000 that were there. 22% thought that Jesus sinned while he was on earth. Why do we need community? We need community for each other and for our mental health and our, our emotional health. But we also need it for Jesus. We need to spread the word of Jesus to other people to let them. If he died on a cross and he sinned, we're all here for the wrong reason. We're, it's pointless for us to be here. Okay? From the Bible, it says this in Romans 12, verse 4 through verse 9. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. 
If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given each one of us in this room today the ability to serve and be part of his community. So how do we do that? How do we make our community of believers worthwhile? And not just in the walls of this church, okay? Because the church is Jesus' church. It's not just new beginnings. It's not the name on the door. It's outside of here. We have to take it to people. So how do we get it from here on Sunday morning into our mind and take it to other people? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to be intentional. There's two types of intentional fellowship that we can be participative of, and one of them is objective. Members of our church must recognize that we share a common life in Christ, first of all, and that we share that common life in Christ with each other. So I'm one with Christ when I'm baptized, when I get saved, when I give my life to Him. I'm one with Him, but not just me and Him. It's me, Him, and everybody else that has done the same thing. That community. The need for knowing that when you're struggling, somebody else has been there, and they can help you with that struggle. Or that you're struggling to help somebody else who will be there. And sometimes it's both. Okay? 1 Peter 4.10. We'll go there real quick. says this, God has given you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And that's the goal. We want to glorify him with our gifts. And if you've been given a gift, then we need to use those gifts. The second type of fellowship, okay, under being intentional, is the, practice of Bibli- is the biblical practice of koinonia. And that was the Greek word we talked about. So it's, it's surface level, okay, fellowship is. Fellowship is we're going to drink coffee together and we're going to say hi as we walk in the door. We did a lot of that. I watched that as people walked in. They spoke to each other. Some people had a coffee. Some people had some snacks. And you're just sitting there and you speak to each other. That's fellowship. That's good. There's nothing wrong with fellowship. But this koinonia, okay, experiential fellowship is much deeper than that. It's a relationship. Jared referenced this in the book of Acts earlier. A deep community fellowship with other believers. Commitment to have a relationship outside of these walls that centers around Jesus. Amber and I were talking last night. It's so nice to know people that you can be at a baseball field with. And if you need prayer, you can say, I need you to pray for me now. And they'll do it right then. And you know that their faith and their prayers are heard. That's so nice. That's the type of relationship we're trying to build. It's a spiritual oneness with the Holy Spirit. So what are some examples of what we can do as Christians, not just in this building, in this room, and as this church, um, that show that deep spiritual relationship? One of those is Bible study. Montana and Tristan have a Bible study here every Friday night. It's a medical school Bible study. Am I right? You don't want me here for that? That's not a question. (laughs) That's a statement. Every Friday night. Megan, that attends regularly, is part of a UPike Bible study. They meet at Faith Life Market and then other places, and UPike is undergrad. Kelsey Friend does a Wednesday night Bible study here. Okay, it's also broadcast on YouTube. Um, in the, the mix, if you don't know what the mix is, 
come on Wednesday night and come upstairs for just a minute or two is all you'll need. And you'll see why it's the mix. We mix up everybody and anybody. And we didn't really intend for it to be mentioned in this way, but it's community. Because there's people from several different types of backgrounds that are here on Wednesday night. Some of them don't know Jesus. Some of them are the only people in their entire family that go to church. And that's on Wednesday night. And they're taking Jesus to their parents. Some of their parents are dropping them off to give them more Jesus because they're just crazy kids. Okay? If you've ever taught, you know what I'm talking about. Um, in the mix, different Bible studies, four of them, different ones in one building at one time upstairs. Small groups. We have a men's small group. We have a women's Bible study small group. We have a Facebook group that's a women's group. We have worship. We just enjoyed that. We serve meals, okay? Uh, the mix upstairs has a meal every Wednesday night. So if your kids are hungry, then we're going to feed them more ways than one. Um, service opportunities here. The kids worship. If you want to teach kids, we've got the job for you. The mix, sound, video, cameras, greeters, bus drivers. If you want to make coffee, it's out there. We can make it. Prayer groups. That would be cool, wouldn't it, to have a prayer group. Imagine that, being able to just call people and say, I need you now. We've got individuals like that. What about if you just text a group of people? If you feel led to start something that wasn't mentioned, we would love it. Amber told me last night when we were talking about this, she said, I got a text recently. We don't talk a whole lot about like, stuff like that. I don't know what happens. We're just both like crazy busy up here, and we forget what we talk about. But she said, I got a message this week, and all it said was, how can I pray for you today? If you did that, thank you. That's really cool. Because I'm willing to bet that she needed it. That was not a knock, okay? <laughs> because I know from my life, if you're going to text me and say that you're going to pray for me, I'm going to say, bring it on. I need it. At what point in my day I'm at, I need it. Another one, there's wind chimes that sit in our dining room window. Whenever I open those curtains, the wind chimes make a little noise. And they're just little tiny wind chimes. But those wind chimes were sent to us by a friend who had gone through a time that we were in. And we were devastated. Every time I open that window, I hear those wind chimes. Sometimes it chimes in my head while they're there. Sometimes it doesn't. But that was a reminder to us that they loved us and that God loved us and that we were in their prayers. That's community. Those little things push you across the finish line. Because just always the people that you live with isn't just enough. And that's no offense to the people in your home. But sometimes you need to hear it from the outside. If Amber asks me how she looks, you know what I'm going to say. Because I want to continue my life another day. If I say the wrong thing, that's it. I mean it, don't get me wrong, I really do. But like, I'm also not stupid, that stupid, okay? We're there for each other. Sometimes she'll call her friends and be like, how bad does this look? Okay? She needs help from the outside, not from me. We need that as Christians, Okay, so how do we provide those things for other people? Well, for, first, we have to grow individually. Like, I have to grow in my own body. I have to grow in my own mind. I have to grow in my own spirituality because we're created by God to serve Him with the talents He gave us. So as we grow, the body of Christ grows. If I do what I'm supposed to, I fertile the kingdom. If you do what you're supposed to, the kingdom's going to grow. But we have to do that together and individually also. 
Community is so important. In our men's Bible study group, I've learned so much that it's been better for me than it has been for anybody else in the group. Because we've opened up. Like we've torn down walls. We've talked to each other about stuff that I don't talk to a whole lot of people about. And it's not necessarily because I want to hide it, because I just don't know how to say it. You know, we stand there drinking coffee and just like drop bombs on people. But when you're in a Bible study group on Zoom, you feel like you have that chance just a little bit because they can like, oh, my internet connection's bad. Man, I lost service. I'm sorry. You know, you can do all that stuff there. If you do, God knows, by the way. We can grow individually. We can grow as a group. The third thing that we have to do is we have to listen for God's voice. We have to let him direct us and direct our steps. So how do we do that? Well, you surround yourself with Christians who help you grow your relationship. You've all heard the saying, if you run with dogs, you get fleas. I'm not telling you that you can't talk to people who aren't Christians. That's not it. I'm not telling you don't go minister there because that's not it because that needs to be done too. But I have to spend time with believers in the Word of God to help me grow and stay on task. Because if you're like me, you lose it. If I wake up one morning and I don't turn XM radio number 63 on on the way to school, my morning starts bad. Like, if I do that in coffee, it's a pretty good start. If I skip one of them, first period better watch out. You know, unless somebody brings me, like, candy or something first period, which they do sometimes. But I have to have that. I have to have that reminder. I need it more than just daily. I need it hourly. And you may need it that way too. Surround yourself. I, I, I read a, a stat one time. It said you are the five people that you hang around the most. I tell my students all the time in our classroom, if you're the smartest person in your group, get a new group. And that's not mean to the people that are in your group. I'm not saying abandon them. I'm just saying you need somebody that's going to push you. And we need Christians who are going to push us. We need people whose faith is stronger than ours. People pray better than I do. People sing better than... Well, let's see. Let's not go there. Let's see. People pray better than I do. They're more faithful about praying for somebody they said they're going to pray for than I am. Their thoughts are better than my thoughts. Their actions are more genuine than mine are. I need those people. I'm not using them... I'm allowing them to help me grow. God allows you to do that. He puts you in people's place, in their, in their path, so you can grow. And the next thing you can do is you can lift other people up to make them better. So as you grow, lift others up. Sometimes we just need to lift somebody up. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a text. When Amber got the text, that was a big, I'm sure that impacted her day in such a positive way that somebody cared enough to say, how can I pray for you today? So selfless, but so important at the same time. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So if you're doing it, keep it up. If you're like me and you need to do better, then pick it up. But somebody needs you. And it could be somebody in this room. It could be somebody out there on that street. It could be somebody in the church across the road or down the street. Or somebody that you don't know, but somebody needs your gift and your talent to push them. Redwood trees. Anybody, everybody see redwood trees? Anybody ever been to California to see them? Have you seen them? Are they big? I, they look big. There's a person standing in front of that one. I just thought that was really cool to see that person. You, 
I don't know what I would do. I've been to California, but I've never seen a redwood tree. I imagine I would probably do something like, you know, the, that classic picture where you give it a hug. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the, it's like the selfie that you have to take when you get the vaccine or, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't take it, it didn't happen. Like on vacation, if you didn't take the picture, then the event never, it wasn't even real. This is probably what I would feel like. Or, or there's, there's other pictures I saw where, like, the entire family held hands and tried to go all the way around the tree or the entire group. Have you seen those two? These trees are huge, sometimes like 300 feet tall. One of them is named General Sherman. I'm not sure exactly which General Sherman it's named after, um, but I'm sure that um, it's significant. It's the largest known living single stem tree on earth, 275 feet tall, 25 feet in diameter, and approximately 2,500 years old. Do you know how deep its root system is? The average redwood tree has a root system between 6 to 12 feet. Now listen, when I started looking at redwood trees, I thought, these root systems are huge, you know? Because all of our life we've been taught that you have to have a great foundation. Your root system has to be great. Because if it's not great, then you can't grow the way you're supposed to. And when I found this out, it just blew me away. So I thought, how does a tree that's 275 feet tall have a 6 to 12 foot root system and not get blown over? Because in California, you're going to see earthquakes. You're going to see, uh, well, I guess tornadoes. You're going to see high winds, okay, uh, fires, flooding, you name it. It's all there. They've seen it all. And these trees rarely blow over. So I did a little bit more research and figured out that the root system of a redwood is intertwined with the root system of another redwood. Those trees that you see there, their roots are grown together. They intertwine with each other. They've, they grow very close together, and they're dependent upon each other for nutrients. They literally hold each other up, and the other trees have the strength to hold each other up. So beneath the surface of these humongous trees that are tall, that are statuesque, that is a root system that's similar to an army, that has its arms intertwined with each other. That's what we need to be. I need somebody holding me up. Because I can't do it. Just because I'm standing on the stage doesn't mean I have it all together because I don't. At all. I'm the farthest thing from that. I'm broken. I'm a mess. Some days I'm the last person you want to be around. I need somebody, I need a group of people, I need a group of believers that has a root system that can keep me on on stable ground, keep me upright. Because if I try to do it on my own like I have the last year or so, I can't. See, when I don't listen to the message in the morning, when I miss church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, if I'm not reading the way I'm supposed to, I'm not doing what God needs me to do, and I'm falling. I cannot do it without Him. But with Him, I still can't do it alone. I need you. As a body of believers, just like the tree has its root system, that's like an army. We need an army together. We have a God to serve. We have broken hearts to provide for. There's people who are broken here today. 
like literally broken in half. Some people walked in the door today and had no clue that they were going to have the strength to get in here. And somebody looked at you and said, how are you today? And you said, I'm good. But that was the biggest lie. I know it is because I've done it more times than not. More times than not, when I walk in the door and you say, how are you today, Adam? I say, I'm good. (laughs) Deep down inside, I'm not even close. We have people who are broken in half. We have people who are completely and totally alone and they feel like nothing in the world can do anything for them. They're at the end of the road. Why did suicide rates go up so much in the past year? Because people are alone. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it. We have people who need healing, and I don't just mean physical healing. We need families who need healing. We have, we have kids who are being raised in single homes. We have parents who are doing it all on their own, and they don't think they can go another step. We have families that are together, but inside they're completely broken in half. If you were to go inside a room of their home and watch what was going on, you wouldn't believe the turmoil. We have kids who are going to school each day and being picked on to the point where they don't want to go back. We have people who are living with regret. Because they may have made a mistake 20 years ago. And the devil tells them that mistake defines them. But it doesn't. That's what defines you, the cross. If you've never come to Jesus, there's not a better time. Don't figure it all out. If you try to figure it all out, you'll never come. I've had God in my life for well over 20 years, and I still don't have it together. I'll leave out of here, and I'll make a big mistake. I know I will. Don't wait until you figure it out. Just come to Jesus. The point of this is the point of our life is to point to Him. Whatever you're doing, God wants to be glorified because everything's His. This whole thing is His. It's His movie. It's His world. It's His gift. It's all His. We need an army. If the praise team would come up, As they're coming to the stage, I want to ask you to participate again with me. But this time it's going to be completely on you to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. If you would bow your heads, you can close your eyes. Just focus on yourself in your life I'm going to read things off a list and I'm already standing because I've, I've been impacted by most of these things but as I read things off this list if you would just if it's ever impacted you if you've ever dealt with something that's here just stand if you've dealt with addiction or anxiety if you've dealt with disappointment stand up as he reads them If you've dealt with disappointment or discouragement, depression, fear, maybe it's heartache or loneliness or darkness. Maybe it's shame, defeat. Maybe you've dealt with sorrow or dread, bondage. Maybe you've dealt with mourning. Maybe you've dealt with something that you just know that I can't do this on my own. Well, good good for you because we all have. 
as we sing. If you need to pray, our altar is open. If you want to pray where you are, please do so. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day. Don't put it all together. Let him lead you.